hockey game is the best game you can name. And the best game you can name is the good old hockey game. And here we go. Line ball to start this game. Jeremy Loblotsky and John Morassi teeing off on one another. Toporowski is just pounding away at Robinson. These, we said Toporowski, this is the guy who set a Western Hockey League record for 505 penalty minutes. Let's call it like it is. Toporowski's a boon. Getting closer. He reaches in a right back. He's out. Dad Griffin. He's just fought. Stu Griffin. Oh, my goodness. Scott Parker for the KO of Stu Griffin. This is one of the best hockey fights we have seen in a long time. Vinnabush tells the linesman, get the heck out of my kitchen. All right, Victor. He absolutely decked Jim Crate with a wild right. A sheer stagger by a big left hand. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to episode number 41 of the Five for Fighting podcast. My name is Alec, your host. And this is the show where we focus on the players who dropped the gloves and the fans who enjoyed watching them do it. The long-awaited return of the podcast. I know it's been crazy. Um, you know, I started trying to get back and doing the podcast. Said I was taking a break a little bit for moving and that it would be a couple weeks. Next thing you know, three months later, here I am making an episode for the first time. And I think it was September was when I uh, released the last one. So I apologize. I got some explaining to do over here on my end. Um, so we were moving, and I was going to take a break for a little bit. Um, you know, I was we were in the process of moving, which was funny. We were moving, like, right down the street. But we were downsizing the apartment a little bit. And so we um, were in the process of moving and packing and all that jazz. So I was like, yeah, I don't really want to keep all the stuff out for the podcast or, um, you know, leave the fiance high and dry if we're packing. And meanwhile, my dumbass has to go in the back room to do a podcast for a little bit. So I didn't necessarily want to do that. So I said, oh, I'll take a break for a little bit. You know, what's two, two, three weeks off going to do? Um, ended up going on vacation. We pretty much moved in the very next week. We ended up going on vacation for a week. Um, so I said, oh, okay, I'll just do it. You know, whenever I get back off vacation, going up to the mountains for a little bit, going to a, a friend's wedding. So uh, I'll just, you know, record a podcast whenever I get back. Well, come to find out, uh, come back from vacation, not feeling too well. And if you've, uh, if you follow the podcast, Twitter or the Instagram or the Facebook, then you'll know, came back with COVID tested positive for COVID-19. Everybody, me, my mother, father, fiance, her family. Uh, so that would be her mother, her father, and her brother, literally everybody and their brother. Um, all of us had came back with a positive COVID test now. So, that put a damper on things too. I was thankful enough to uh, not have very bad symptoms. My symptoms were very mild. I would, basically I kind of noticed it one day. Like we we drove back. We were excuse me. We all got it from a wedding, so I'll kind of you know lay down ground zero there for where we all got it. Um, it was a friend of ours' wedding, and so somebody must have got it and uh, spread like wildfire. A lot of the wedding party got it. Uh, a lot of a lot of people there got it. So uh, definitely spreads pretty quick to say the least. Uh, all it takes is one person. Clearly. Um, so I, the wedding was on a Wednesday. I get back on a Saturday and we drove back from North Carolina. So we were up in the mountains. So it was about a eh, roughly eight, eight and a half hour drive. I felt fine the entire drive back. And it was when we get home and even I, I was home for like an hour 
And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, damn, my body's just, just fucking aching. And my fiance's like, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, I think it's just, you know, uh, just sore from being in the car all day. Because uh, I drove the whole way. I, I prefer to drive because uh, the fiance is not too experienced with going on long drives. And so I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably just because I sat in the damn uh, car all fucking day. And so next thing you know, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to get kind of like the, the shivers and like the, you know, the, the chills and then hot flashes. And um, I'm like, oh, shit. So and I'm looking it up. And sure enough, yeah, it's a symptom of COVID is the body. Because, of course, it's like, you know, I had the flu last year and it was virtually the same thing. So it's like, oh, the flu-like symptoms, you know, it's the same thing as COVID. I was like, oh, let me, I didn't think I had it because the fiance was feeling fine and nobody else was complaining of any symptoms. So I was like, ah, oh, maybe I got the flu. I was like, let me just go in and get tested tomorrow just to be safe. So um, sure enough, Sunday I go and test positive for COVID. And the, surprisingly enough, the fiance's came back negative and then um, other people started testing positive and then eventually the fiance tested negative, as, or excuse me, tested positive as well. Um kind of weird how that happens and the doctor told her you know you most likely have it it's just not showing up quite yet um, and then I ran a fever that night and it was really hard to sleep but overall after that it was pretty much just congestion body aches uh, fatigue and hot flashes I'll tell you what the hot flashes kind of suck because you'll just be sitting down and the next thing you know just, your body just start just start sweating you start pouring sweat almost and it's like I need a rag um, next to my damn head or excuse me next to like the couch or something so I can keep wiping my damn head because they'd start just sweating out of nowhere, and then it stops. The worst is when it happens to you at night, because, of course, you're sleeping, and then you got to pull the covers off, and then you get cold, and then you go back in, and then you get hot again. So uh, that and the fatigue were pretty bad. The body aches were very mild after that. After that first day, the body aches weren't bad, and the congestion was nothing over the top to where like, I could actually I could at least breathe out of one nostril, so it really wasn't too bad. Um, but the fatigue, man, I'll tell you what, I'd walk the dog around the damn block, and I'd come back and I'd feel like I just ran a marathon. No, I'm not the most in shape guy to begin with, but goddamn it, I could walk around the block just fine. All right. <laughs> so I'd come back and I'm like, man, I just got to sit down or even like doing the dishes. Um, I'd be doing dishes that we, you know, just had dinner or whatever. And I'd be sitting there and I'd, I'd have to literally stop doing dishes and go sit down. I'd start getting lightheaded. So it's definitely weird how it works. And um, I'll tell you what, though, my dad, I was pretty worried about him. We actually were really worried about my mother and uh, the fiance's father, because both of them have asthma. So we were worried uh, how they were to do. And surprisingly, both of them did very well as my, my father who got the worst of it. Um, and I'll tell you what people, and I'm not saying what you can or can't do, or, you know, you should wear a mask all the time and whatever. All I'm saying is just think of the people around you. I've never seen my dad like that before. It was a scary sight. Um, I got a call from my mom saying, like, you might have to take your dad to the hospital. Can you go over to the house? Because my mother was still up in North Carolina. So I said, sure, I'll go check on him. Um, so me and the fiance go over there real quick. And, of course, all of us were COVID positive. So we weren't. We didn't stop anywhere. Just went straight there and straight back. Um, but, you know, I, I literally, my, my dad is in the bed. And I literally had to carry him out of the bed. He couldn't move. I had to go make him. Uh, we put like liquid IV, which is like an electrolyte powder into a drink. And I, I gave him like I, what was it, two of the big, like 20, I think they're the 24 ounce EIDs or whatever the hell they are um, of, of that. Or maybe this is 64, whatever the big Yeti is. Um, but the two of those and he had to like pretty much feed it to him like a bottle, like a child. And I had to like carry him out of bed. He couldn't move by himself and he could barely talk. And he said just his pain was just unbelievable. Um said he wouldn't wish it on anybody so it's 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 bad and just uh you know to see a guy like that you know my dad's only 50 
was he 50? I think he just turned 50, the old bastard. Um, but no, he's, he's, you know, pretty healthy guy. Um, aside from, you know, being, I guess at the, the midway point as far as, uh, age goes, but other than that, he's a pretty healthy dude. No, uh, no asthma, no prior conditions or anything like that. So, uh, to see that was definitely scary and it sucked. I've never seen him like that. And, um, I hope out there nobody ever has to see their parents like that or their kids like that or anything. Um, so it's, it's scary. So, you know, use precaution is what I'll say. I'm not going to sit here and turn this into a political podcast at all of what you should or shouldn't do. Just be wary out there and it's real. That's all I'll say. Uh, but luckily I'm finally back and I was going to record a podcast, uh, over the weekend and release it on Saturday. Sure enough, we had the nephews come over. (laughs) So, um, I apologize for getting late. I said, I think last week, Oh, podcast coming out soon. Um, well, shit happens. So the, the in-laws are in the process of moving, um, which that came into play yesterday. But anyway, the nephews came over on Saturday and I had set something up. Um, and I was like, shit, can't do that now. So whatever. Then the next day we go over and we had to take care of the, uh, the renovations that the in-laws are doing. And it's funny. It's one of those, you know, Oh yeah, we'll go do this real quick. And, Next thing you know, it's me on a jackhammer for an hour, concrete busting up the concrete that's on their foundation, uh, where they got to put a new wire in. So, <laughs> let's just say it did not go over that well as far as being a real quick thing to go help. My back is uh, pretty shot today, so. But no, it's good. You know, it's nice to help the in-laws out, and I'd rather, you know, it be me than my fiance's dad. I want to say he's up there. I think he's I think he's sixty. So. Um, yeah, just nice to help him, of course. Uh, you know, my podcast can wait another day like it did. And so now here we are, all back uh, to the, the show. I've already got an interview lined up. I was supposed to do it again yesterday, so I was excited because I was going to get the interview done yesterday. But the the really quick help obviously turned into a very long help, unfortunately. So um, I do have an interview lined up this week. Hopefully it falls through um, and we can you know make it happen. Um, it's a guy I've, I've been trying to get him on for a while and I, I've reached out to him and he's said on Twitter and everything, or excuse me, he has said on Twitter, he wants to come on and everything like that. So, um, I think it will be a awesome interview. The only thing that sucks is of course with drop your gloves gone. The fight card is very, very limited. There's like a, I think maybe a grand total of 15 fights on hockeyfights.com. Yeah. The Mecca of hockey fights, eh? Um, no, so hopefully we can uh, jog the memory of him and get some good stories out of him. I know he's got some teammates that um, I brought him up on the podcast before uh, with other guys I've interviewed. So that will definitely be fun and can't wait to do that. And hopefully I get another another couple guys lined up. Um, I haven't quite started reaching out to people yet. Wanted to get this first episode out before anything. Um, and I was talking to Darren over at Fourth Line Voice today. And I was saying, you know, I'd love to do a, uh, you know, just go back to doing one episode a week. I think I, I, I stopped doing one episode a week. Um, and I kind of put probably too much pressure on myself, I guess, for doing, inter- uh, excuse me, interviews. So I think what I'll do is going back to doing one episode a week, whether it's an interview or whether it's just a solo episode, doesn't matter. I'll, you know, figure out a topic to talk about, or, uh, if I have a guy to interview, then, uh, the, all the better. Right. So, um, but yeah, I'll be going back to one episode a week and I'm just going to release this one probably right after I record it just to get it out there because it's been so damn long, but I think you can expect a Thursday release out of me every week is what I'll, I'll kind of shoot for going back to when I would release it before. Excuse me. Let me get a sip of water here. It's been a while since I've talked this damn long. Yeah, it was funny when I was starting to feel better from my COVID um, and the fiance was already back to work, but I was still had like the fatigue symptoms and I'd be sitting there 
I'm like, oh, let me try the podcast. And I probably tried to record this thing twice, but I got so damn winded again. Felt like I ran a marathon. And I was like, this is just not happening. So I had to put it on the back burner again. Um, a couple of things have happened uh, while I've been away, actually. Uh, the first one being, uh, you know, going over my notes here, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup. Congratulations to them. Um, you know, it's funny. I grew up a Tampa fan and always loved the the city of Tampa and all the sports teams. And it's just kind of it just kind of sucks that I'm so not invested into the game anymore. That is, yeah, it's cool that they won the cup, but I wasn't as excited. Let's just say I wasn't the ten year old calling my family on the phone in Iowa uh, back in '04 when they won the cup, and you know, t- talking about it with my uncle and everything like that. Um, still cool for the city, though. I actually really enjoyed the boat parade that they did. Um, for people wondering, like, what the hell? It's just uh, that kind of gives an ode to the old Gasparilla of Tampa, which is like one of the biggest parades uh, in the United States. I think it's the third largest parade. But it's uh, exclusively for Tampa. People treat it like a national holiday. Uh, but it's just for folks in Tampa. People come from all over, like Orlando and stuff. But basically, uh, it's like pirates invading the island or, uh, or the city of Tampa. So there's a bunch of floats, and they give you, they throw a bunch of beads and everything like that. And there's a bunch of boats and everything like that. There's always uh, it makes news every single year, and uh, yeah, people just start getting fucking buckled at like. 8 a.m. You just start drinking because the parade starts then. But that was what it was kind of an ode to in the the Bay Area. So that was actually pretty cool to see and a cool way to do it, kind of a social distancing uh, version of a parade. So I definitely think that was pretty cool. Um, hey, and I'm glad to see Pat Maroon got a two-year deal with Tampa. So uh, I love what he brings to the table. And, of course, no, I know he's no Tony Twist, but uh, great dude to have on the team and even got the apple on the game winner for uh, – the was a game six that they wanted in against the stars i think so yeah it was cool to see him get re-signed with tampa and uh you know good for him a guy like that he should be able to get a contract and uh, i think they got a pretty good deal on him too uh i know the lightning are gonna have i think salary cap issues coming up from what i understand but nonetheless still cool to see uh you know maroon get signed and everything like that so good for him like i said every team should kind of have a player like that i think but here we are in the the age of speed and skill the old 2020 hockey uh, you know, speaking of something like that, too, we got a good little segue in here. I think it's funny. Brendan Shanahan came out and kind of made comments about fighting in hockey a little bit. Uh, this, I can't remember. I think this is at the very beginning of the month of November, uh, but kind of came out and said some odd things, I guess. And I'll kind of quote it here a little bit. And Brendan Shanahan said, the way, in parentheses today, I think it's not necessarily the way I played. Shanahan said, I know people get pissed off me when I say stuff like this. But I do, or excuse me, I do, fuck, can't even talk or read. <laughs> I don't get excited to see a big hit. I get excited when I see a big goal. I don't want to see any of these young guys on the ice getting carried off on a stretcher. I don't get off on it, he added. Uh, Shanahan also talked about fighting in today's hockey, stating he doesn't think it's needed. If I see a fight in hockey and it's because someone was protecting somebody or somebody was bullying somebody and you're addressing it, there's probably still a place for that in hockey. But using it as a tool to intimidate or hurt, I don't know. It's going away from that, Shanahan explained. Um, so, as, fuck, that was brutal hearing me read there. It was probably, well, words had me up against the ropes there. As you know, Marines don't read, right? Uh, we just eat crayons. But, <laughs> no, so it's, it's kind of funny hearing Shanahan say that. But, of course, look what his, kind of, look what his team added. Look, look at the kind of players that they added. Uh, guys like, you know, Joe Thornton, Kyle Clifford, Zach Bogosian, Wayne Simmons. But, uh, oh, yeah, that stuff's not needed, right? It's, it's just kind of hypocritical to me. And, I, you know, I, I get it. In today's game, is it all that necessary? No. 
like you don't necessarily need every everybody with uh, you know a, a Tony Twist or something like that. It's just you it wouldn't work in today's game with the rules the way they are. So uh, just kind of funny how you know Shanahan will say that, but then goes out and adds all this toughness. So uh, maybe there's something there. I, I don't know if it's grandstanding or what and what the deal is. And I get it. He was the head of the Department of Player Safety, so um, I, I understand. You know and you know, does he have a better understanding of all this than I do? Probably, but I just think it's weird that you would kind of come out and say that, but meanwhile you add a little bit of toughness to the team and Shanahan, uh, or excuse me, not Shanahan, fucking idiot, and Thornton and you know, Simmons and Clifford and uh, Bogosian, guys like that. So, you know, you got rid of all those players that were kind of sandpaper-ish and, and now we'll, we'll, we'll add them back again because clearly the speed and skill that you're working you, or that you'd say is the best hockey or not – the fighting isn't needed, but you're adding it back again. So, eh, I don't know. Maybe it just, it just kind of rubs me the wrong way, I guess. So, uh, it is what it is. But, you know, moving on real quick. And I know something else happened. Um, and, of course, we'll get these usual suspects out of the way first before I kind of go into detail here. Uh, but, of course, go follow other Enforcer podcasts and go listen to them. I encourage you to. And there is Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice, the original Enforcer podcast. And I was actually just on a show kind of explaining myself with COVID and uh, why I've been out so long and stuff like that. So uh, it was just a quick 20 minutes towards the end of an episode. And I know he just came out with a Laval Chiefs episode. Uh, I have yet to listen to that. I didn't get to listen to that at work today. I was kind of all over the place a little bit, unfortunately. But I know he just came out with one. And so... Uh, go check out his YouTube channel as well. It's just the same thing, Fourth Line Voice. He's got a bunch of fights, especially a bunch of junior fights from the old dubs. So go check that out. And there's you know thousands. I want to say he's got like 2,200 or 2,300 fight videos. So plenty out there to go off of. Excuse me, let me get a drink of water real quick. <clears throat> there we go. Um, but yeah, so go check out Darren over at the Fourth Line Voice. And he's doing awesome things. And go check out Joe Lazito over at the Coliseum Chronicles, the Penalty Box podcast, and that is a podcast where he follows um, exclusive, or excuse me, exclusively Islanders enforcers. So he's had plenty of guys on there, and he just had um, Graham Townstead on with part two and part one. So part two got released Sunday. I have yet to listen to part one, but Joe does awesome stuff over there. Excuse me. Uh, he's had plenty of other guys on, like Mick Fukoda, and he does season reviews as well, like Ross Johnston. Uh, and a really cool one that was Brett Lindros, who, of course, was the brother of the infamous Eric Lindros, and does season reviews like that on guys and breaks down their fights and uh, why that season might have been significant for them. So that's pretty cool to hear. And, uh, you know, if you want to go back to the catalog of Fourth Line Voice, Darren's had awesome guys on like John Morasti, Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, uh, Dan Kopech, the list goes on there. So both guys awesome awesome catalog so you can go back and listen to them um and you know other podcasts out there that may not be necessarily enforcer podcasts but are hockey podcasts that i recommend personally uh one of them is shane over at the history of hockey podcast i've been on his show and he has been on mine we did what's called a swap cast where we both basically record the same episode and release it but it's just two different audiences to kind of maybe get more uh more listeners um either on his show or my show, and that we basically covered the history of fighting and hockey and kind of enforcers, so that was pretty cool and a lot of fun to do, and Shane is a very, uh, very professional podcaster, to say the least, unlike my ass, where I'm over here rambling, just looking at notes on my phone. Shane will sit there, and he writes out, I think he's written out like 10,000-word scripts before, so it's insane the depth and detail that he goes into, 
and it's of various topics. He's had, uh, you know, if you if you want to get the fight fix, and you're like me and you're a fight fan, he's covered episodes like the Danbury Trashers, who, of course, uh, the last guest that was on the show before I kind of went on my little hiatus was uh, AJ Galante, the GM of the Danbury Trashers, and a lot of people enjoyed that interview, I think, and it was cool to hear the stories of uh, the the shenanigans and hijinks that went on in Danbury and what it was like being the GM at the, or excuse me, the GM of a team at the age of what, 17, 18. Um, So Shane has done an episode like that. He's done an episode covering Doug, the hammer Smith, who, if you don't know, is the original uh, Doug Glatt or the inspiration for the Doug Glatt character Uh, goes over kind of his career in hockey, which is awesome. So definitely go give Shane a, uh, a listen and a follow. And it's uh, Shane, excuse me, it's going to be Shane Guilfoyle on Twitter. What I, I don't know his, his personal Twitter account. Now I was just thinking about it. I know his name. I don't know his damn Twitter account. I think it's Mile High Jacket. That's what it is. Mile High Jacket. And I think he's got a couple numbers after it. Damn it, Shane. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but no, I know it comes from that because he's an Avalanche and a uh, Blue Jackets fan. But if you just search the History of Hockey podcast, you should be able to find it on uh, all social media platforms. I know he's on Twitter and Instagram the most. I'm not sure about Facebook, but you can go give it a follow there. And the same thing with the other guys, like I said, fourth line voice. And uh, what's I think it's Joe's is Kali Sinbin is what it is, actually, for the as obviously Coliseum Chronicles. The penalty box is pretty long to spell out. So it's just Kali Sinbin. But uh, go give those boys a follow. They do awesome jobs on the podcast. And um, I know we're not spitting chicklets or Cam and Strick or John Scott or anything like that. And, uh, you know, that's perfectly OK, but we give a lot of detail and take a lot of time into our, uh, into our interviews that we do. Um, all of us, well, I don't, Shane doesn't really do interviews. Uh, that's besides the fact. Um, but all of us, you know, we, we, we go into a lot of detail and really kind of get into the nitty gritty of the enforcer role. So, um, again, I know we're no barstool sports or anything like that, but the, the little fish in the pond are pretty good too, despite what, you know, other people might say or anything like that. Um, so just go give them a listen and do me a favor while you're listening to whether it's my show, Shane's show, Joe, Darren, doesn't matter. Um, rate and review the show. It really helps the podcast grow. And it, again, the little fish in the big pond help us grow a little bit here. Uh, we're all a big podcasting family and uh, we're all on the same team here. So please do me a favor, rate and review either show, whether it's mine or whomever you're listening to. It helps the podcast grow and it will help like, you know, if somebody types in hockey podcast on uh, like Apple Podcasts, it'll help that to, or excuse me, it'll help to help that podcast show up or uh, come up in the search engine. Search engine is that right? The search results, maybe. I don't know. I don't know the technical terms. Either way, I know it helps the podcast. So just go do it. <laughs> um, and you know, on that note about other podcasts, so something had happened on Twitter a while ago, and it was, you know, I. I was a little bit taken back by it, I guess. And if you noticed, if you've been a listener of the show for a while, you'll know that I missed a podcast that I normally mention, and that is uh, Bobby Longgrass at the Bucket Drop Podcast. The reason I left that one out. Uh, so a while back, he had some issue with Pat Barton, who, as you know, is a former guest of this podcast. He had an issue with Pat Barton, decided to go to the Facebook group and post about it, the Enforcer Appreciation Group. And basically, all I told him was, hey, there's a time and place for it, not in the group. If you want to message Pat directly or do whatever else, just not in the Facebook group, please. That's all I said. Didn't say anything else. And so he said, you know, whatever, sorry, here it is, blah, blah, blah. Um, Here's what happened. 
And so I said, okay, you know, if that's what happened, then whatever, go handle that. Just not in the Facebook group. Um, so I had brought it up that next, the next episode and I didn't say anything mean. I wasn't calling him out. I wasn't shit talking him. I think I talked about the subject for maybe, maybe 43 seconds. I think is what the little clip is now that I think about it. And all I basically said was love the show. Please go give Bobby a listen. And I said, Bobby, just, you know, don't post that in the enforcer appreciation group. And not every argument has to end in a charity boxing match on the internet. That is literally all I said. And so next thing I know, I'm getting called out on Twitter saying that, you know, I'm shit talking him and I'm a pussy and this and that and whatever. So I I was out of nowhere and I said, what are you talking about, basically? Because he came out of nowhere and I figured he would have listened to it by now. Because, I mean, this was months later. Um, excuse me real quick. This is months later. And, you know, it's... I forget the exact tweet, so he deleted his account now. So if he comes back, I don't know. But uh, basically calling me, you know, an asshole and motherfucking me because I was a quote-unquote shit-talking him. Uh, it wasn't the case at all. I was trying to be nice and help him out and say maybe just don't look like a clown when you're doing that because it, it looks bad for the podcast that you're on. Just trying to help him out. I've always helped him out. All of us have. And he, of course, got he had a back and forth with Darren. And so, all, all at the end of the day, all we were trying to do is help him out. I don't know why he got so hostile over it. Still don't know why. And then he had to make a comment about the military service of mine and uh, why he had to make those comments, I don't know. And once it got to the point where apparently me chewing tobacco is uh, me trying to be a wannabe hockey player or enforcer, or whatever he was getting at, I don't know. Uh, I knew he was reaching at that point. So, I said, okay, Bob, you have a good day. Um, again, I didn't, those weren't my intentions to upset him at all. I don't know why he thought I was shit talking him or calling him out. It wasn't the case at all. All I was trying to say was, Hey, just, you know, leave that off the enforcer appreciation group. That's pretty much it. And so, um, Bobby sent me a text later saying, blah, blah, blah. Sorry about the military comment that was out of line. I was on vacation. I was like, I don't got time for this. So I just... I haven't talked to him since. Don't plan on talking to him, and it is what it is. And I mean, I'm not going to hold a grudge. I'm not going to sit there and say, "Oh, don't go listen to his show." Go you know, fuck you, Bobby. Um, no, go back. He's got interviews with great tough guys like Dean Mayran, John Morasti, guys like that. So uh, I thought we were friends. I don't know what the deal was there, or why he started coming after me, and then got mad at Darren. And you know, once people were asking what it was all about, and I show them the clip, they're like, you know what? kind of overreacting a little bit here bud don't you think so i don't know um it, again it is what it is and it's, it's all all water under the fridge as ricky would say right so um i don't know but if you know again go check out bobby's podcast i think it's still up i don't i know his account isn't but his podcast itself is still up so go check it out he's gotten uh interviews with other tough guys and stuff like that at first i was actually really mad about it but now i've kind of um kind of relax more about it i really wasn't mad i don't give a shit if you can say whatever you want about the podcast sewer it i don't care but the kind of the military service comment is what really rubbed me the wrong way and i think it took you know a couple people and others to kind of say what the fuck's your deal for him to even reach out and apologize so that's why i was kind of like yeah whatever go fuck yourself um at the time with the military comment but now i'm just it is what it is so um anyways that's why uh, that's to kind of cover some of the the 
quote unquote center rice fight over here between podcasts, I guess, whatever. Um, so that's what happened between, you know, the podcast and the bucket drop podcast. So, uh, like I said, it is what it is, but, uh, on to better things. Now, uh, we are going to talk about the mustache classic. And unfortunately I didn't even get, to, I got to promote it. I think twice. I didn't get to promote it as much this year because of course I was moving and then got down with COVID, but Matt is doing an awesome job out there in Danbury, Connecticut, raising awareness for men's mental health and suicide prevention. And so he actually managed to raise almost $17,000 this year. Last year they raised 6000 and this year they have raised 17 or excuse me, almost $17,000 um, for the cause, which is awesome. And, uh, I, you know, it's a great pot or excuse me, great podcast. It's a great organization to support because I feel, uh, well, one, obviously we know the, the head trauma that comes from the game and that can come from the enforcer role. So obviously it's there and that's great to, donate to that cause it all goes to the november foundation and um i also like it because it kind of reminds me of the uh the guys in the military that i served with you know some of them may have had mental uh mental health issues and everything like that so um really excited that i, I was it sucks i couldn't be a part of it more i guess this year that i was kind of down with covid and everything like that so i apologize matt um you know hopefully my donations and uh, everything like that have kind of helped out and unfortunately, I'm recording this where it's pretty much almost too late. I can record it tonight and maybe, or excuse me, I'll release it tonight. And hopefully you, whoever's listening, hears this and goes to donate. But they're actually doing a raffle for a, uh, it's the game-worn Doug the Hammersmith jersey uh, that he used in the charity game, uh, which is known, of course, as the Mustache Classic. But there's a bunch of different teams there. And they even had former podcast guest uh, Jack Gregg up there. Um, but it's a game-worn Doug Smith jersey and it says actually glat 69 on the back just like it did in the movie so pretty funny uh but I know it's that's a pretty rare piece for enforcer history and I know it wasn't worn in like a fight or anything like that but I know Doug himself actually has a lot of his jerseys if not all of them so his jerseys don't come up often and that won't you know you probably won't see another one again unless it's in another charity game but basically it's unlimited entries all you got to do is pay ten dollars to venmo and venmo if you don't know what that is it's like a cash app kind of like paypal um basically you just link up your debit card and you send money to um the mustache classic and i want to say it's mustache dash like you know hyphen uh classic to uh if you want to send money but you basically just send ten dollars and you write a description like this is for the doug glatt uh raffle jersey or jersey raffle whatever and it will go there, and all the proceeds are going to directly to the charity. I think it's almost up to four, almost up to five hundred dollars now for the jersey. I know I I entered in and I threw down a little bit of cash, and I think I got, I think I, I snagged twelve spots um, for it. So you know, every ten dollars goes towards an entry. So you throw down thirty bucks, you got three entries into the into the raffle, and so. Uh, go check that out again. I think it ends tomorrow. The drawing is tomorrow, which is December. Uh, was it December 1st? Yeah, December 1st. Um, so, you know, I know that's kind of on short notice here on my part because I haven't been able to get an episode out, but please go donate. And if, even if you don't want to do the Jersey, go donate to mustache classic. You can just donate to it and say what it's for, you know, Hey, just general donation, and they have, again, they have raised almost $17,000 this year, and it's all going, all of it, all of it goes to uh, the Movember Foundation, which is absolutely awesome, so Matt, I'm glad you guys had a good time up there, 
really, really, really hope to make it up there next year. Um, I actually, I was had plans to actually go up there this year, but of course COVID had other plans. So, which sucks, but I really hope to make it up there next year. And they did, they had a lot more teams and a lot more people involved this year, which is awesome. And like I said, they had former, former players involved like uh, Doug Smith and Jack Gregg. And I know as far as donations go, I want to say even AJ Galante of the Danbury Trashers donated to the, uh, the cause. So the Trashers are still, uh, still out there making waves in the hockey world, which is funny. Um, but like, like I said, great reception on the last episode with AJ Galante. He told some great stories. I actually loved hearing uh, Hell's Horn and everything that was all all about the crazy horn that oh, I think his name was Big Mike that would bring in. But lots of fun there in, out in uh, Danbury. But you know, moving on to the last topic, you know, I'm going on for 30 minutes here, and um, I could I could definitely tell even myself that I'm fucking rusty as all hell behind the mic. As weird as that sounds, I know you just kind of talk into it, but. Um, Believe me, if you start a podcast, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so the last thing I'll talk about is kind of enforcer jersey collecting, and I know I've kind of gotten out of the hobby a little bit. But today, of all days, uh, my – probably the last – okay, I say this every fucking time. The last jersey I'm going to get for a while, and I swear it's it's just how it goes. Um, as Ray would say, away she goes. Sometimes she goes. Sometimes she doesn't, right? Uh, but, no, so I, I, you know, I was going to get out of the hobby for a little bit. I sold the majority of my collection. Uh, just for the sole fact that I, I don't have room for them for whatever I, I decide to put them on display. Um, as much as I would love to ball out and have, you know, like a 1,500 square foot man cave, I just I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I definitely needed room for, you know, dwindling it down to kind of keep the, the ones I really, really like want to keep, right? So I plan on probably putting about eight total of them up on the wall. Um, there's only like two I probably wouldn't mount on the wall just because there are one of them or two of them are warm-up jerseys so i'll just leave them in there which is the morasty mcdonald's one and the mcintyre mallard's warm-up jersey uh, i got both of those so i'll just leave them in the closet probably since they were warm-ups but the, all the rest i'm going to hang up but today i actually got a new jersey and it is an andre Waugh tampa bay lightning jersey finally snagged one i've been trying to snag one of these bastards since i was uh collecting or since I first started collecting which was what three years ago now um yeah I think three years so finally finally snagged one and brought it home so I had an Andre Wall Flames jersey but again you know it's one of those ones I'm like ah it's an Andre Wall Flames jersey it's not a lightning one I'd prefer the lightning one so it's like yeah you know I can sell that and I sold it and probably two weeks later I'm sitting there scrolling through Facebook sure as shit for sale Andre Wall Tampa Bay Lightning jersey I'm like shit so and it, the price was good, and I talked it down just a little bit. So, uh, you know, it was able to make a deal with the seller. And I, it's a seller I've actually bought the Flames jersey from, uh, the Andre Wall originally. So, but yeah, it was really nice to uh, finally see that, and it's it's a pretty sweet jersey. It's got repairs all over it. It's got a repair on the the shoulder. It's got a repair on the back by like the numbers, like a huge te- like, there was a huge hole there, and the huge team repair where it's all stitched back together. So awesome jersey and i'm glad to finally have one and that'll definitely be going on the wall and um it was cool andre Waugh even liked it and i actually messaged him of course because i've had him on the podcast before which you can go back and listen to um but no so i you know sent the pictures to to wa himself and i was like you know hey man look what i look what came in the mail today and he said that's awesome so uh it was cool he said, funny enough he actually said what, what was it that he said oh yeah it was like oh it's cool seeing that it makes me want to run around and go fight somebody again <laughs> <laughs> so 
Uh, no, it was pretty cool. And hopefully, you know, walk and come back down to Tampa soon. We can go grab beers again. That was pretty. It was a good time. Had a lot of fun doing that, and kind of fanboyed out with with Andre for oh fuck. We I think we were there for like almost four hours just drinking pints, which was great. Um, so, so yeah, I've kind of gotten out of the hobby a little bit, but it's been been pretty cool and you know i'll tell you what if you're gonna get into jersey collecting i definitely recommend the enforcers not only are they always the you know the best people most of the time but they also have the best jerseys or sweaters whichever you prefer um and you know the reason i recommend that and i talked of or excuse me i touched on this on darren's show over at the fourth line voice uh, but basically you'll get the best wear out of them. You know, you see, uh, unless it's a goalie Jersey, maybe then of course you'll get a bunch of the puck marks and everything like that. So, um, unless you get a goalie Jersey, it's a little bit different, but when you get a enforcer Jersey, a lot of the times you get fight wear in it and it's just, it's just wear that you don't see in any other Jersey. And I was telling Darren also, um, customizations wise, it's the most customized jerseys you'll ever find. Now I'm not saying every single one of them is going to be just, you know, tattered and have like the craziest customizations ever but when you do find one that's customized they're they're pretty sweet um and basically the only other players that will customize it well tech i guess technically other players will but most of the time if they're not enforcer it's typically just you know they'll put uh, they'll cut a sleeve down a little bit on their you know their dominant hand maybe or i know goalies a lot of the times will cut it down or shorten a sleeve on, I believe it's their glove side is what most of them do. I, I know, at least know a couple of them. Did. I think Shagir actually did it. Um, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. But, you know, enforcers, they'll add tie-downs. They'll shorten sleeves. They'll tighten sleeves. Um, they'll add these crazy contraptions, like whether it's, a you know, the old quarter with a lace. And you might not know what I'm talking about, but a lot of times they'll take a quarter and kind of pinch the fabric around it. And then they will put a skate lace around that and tie it down to the front of their pants or they'll add a tie down in front too um there's a whole another fight strap on the front uh steve bosse he did this crazy contraption that like went through his legs it connected on the front of his jersey went through his legs to the back of the jersey uh that was crazy to see i'm trying to think of other ones off the top of my head i know john erskine he I, i've never owned an erskine jersey but i've seen it and basically from the very like the nhl logo on the collar, you know, the old Reebok days, or, uh, well, I guess they're with Adidas now too, but, uh, I know he wore a, the Reebok style jerseys, but on the, the collar, it would be two long skate laces going all the way down. And that would basically tie to the front of your pants as well. So just, just little things like that are what make enforcer jerseys so awesome. But unfortunately with minor leagues, they're, the value's only going down and I knew I wouldn't be able to keep all the jerseys. So I said, uh, if, I, if I'm going to sell it, I might as well sell it now because they're only going to get less and less in value, unfortunately. Um, now, it's a little bit different. Well, let's say you had, um, I don't know, uh, Dennis Bonvi one probably. That's a little bit different because he's got the record for PIMS. But uh, I, I see NHL ones even going down in value to a certain extent throughout the years because people are just the, – the tough guys are being forgotten, you know, so – People are going to know less and less who it is. You know, I, I give it another 15 years. Hell, you even ask kids my age now. You know, you know I'm 20, almost 25. How old I am? Yeah, I think so. Almost 25. You ask kids my age, you know, who Bob Probert is. They'll be like, you know, who the fuck is that? Um, so you give it another 15 years, and then it's really going to be dwindled down to who knows these guys and the jerseys and everything like that. So um, 
it's a dying hobby, but I, I think if you're going to get into it, now is definitely the time because they're not nearly going for as much money as they were from when it was like the peak uh, you know, market, which was like circa 2005, 2006 probably. Um, so it, I, I recommend if you're going to get into the hobby, do it now. And I'm not saying you have to go out and buy the, you know, craziest one which i think a like a grimson would be like 1200 bucks or something like that or like a nylon is expensive um you don't have to go out and buy like instantly buy a bob provert one but you could definitely find cheap nhl ones like that wall one wasn't much I, the the flames one i bought was i think two i think i paid 200 dollars for that one um and of course it all depends on the wear and everything like that but that one was cool it had the, the added front tie down on that uh the wear wasn't much because it was worn in a playoff game but you can get deals so you know i just for those out there, don't th- I don't have like a sour taste for the hobby or anything like that. I'm just getting out of it for a little bit. I'm still definitely going to collect jerseys later on down the road. I've, oh, I, fuck, look at that. I said I was going to stop, and then two weeks later, here I am buying an Andre Wall. Um, but no, so it's definitely – I'm not going to stop collecting jerseys or anything like that. I'm just just taking a break for a while because we're trying to get into a house. So got to get a man cave to be able to put all these jerseys up, right? Um but like I said, if you if you if you ever have any questions about the hobby or anything like that, you know, feel free to reach out to me. I have no, I absolutely love talking about jerseys and uh, the enforcers. So you know, they go hand in hand with that hobby, right? Enforcer jerseys. So definitely reach out to me if you have any questions. I've had some people even ask, you know, hey, what is this worth? How much do you think this value is? Or uh, is this a good price? Or you know maybe make it legit and i know if you maybe have a jersey out there and you want to photo match it you can maybe ask darren over at fourth line voice he's helped me photo match plenty of jerseys uh most recently one was the uh excuse me the most recent one was it was the brandon sugden st jan chiefs uh he's i forget who he's fighting in the in the damn fight but of course there's no footage of that because like we talked about before i think me and darren have just talked about it but there's a certain season i want to say it's the 0708 season of the St. John Chiefs, and it's like the fucking, the Twilight Zone. You can't find any footage of that season out there for some reason, and I don't know why. So I can't photo match it to a fight, but I was able to actually get, or excuse me, video match it. I always liked when you could actually video match it. That's pretty cool. I was able to do that with a boss A before. Um, but when you're able to actually photo match it and see it, that's pretty sweet. So, um, you know, Darren has plenty of pictures. He's helped me photo match a Sugden, a boss A, a Swanson. Of course, all these LNH jerseys, but he's got other pictures on there too. So, um, you know, you can, I'm sure you can reach out to him. I'm sure he won't shoo you away. He always enjoys helping me out. So, um, again, if you have any questions about the hobby and you're looking to get into it, feel free to reach out to me. DMs are always open, and uh, I have no issue at all talking, you know, game worn collecting and the enforcer uh, collecting hobby. Um, but, anyways, guys, you know, going on for 40 minutes here. I didn't think I was going to be able to do it. Holy cow. Um, I won't keep you here too much longer. I'll just give a quick plug into the podcast. Um, and again, I got more, hopefully more content coming out pretty soon. Uh, hoping to do an interview this weekend. Like I said, it fell through the last weekend or I guess yesterday uh, because, of course, I had to go help the in-laws out. But nonetheless, hope to get an interview out to you guys soon. Um, if you want to follow the podcast, just go on Instagram. And it is going to be just five for fighting pod spelled out normally. Uh, stay up to date there. Post videos, photos, uh, everything under the moon there. And same thing with Twitter. Twitter's going to be a little bit different though because that name's a little. If you just search up five for fighting podcast typed up in one word, it should pop up. But if you're looking for the, like the actual Twitter handle, like the at name, um, it's going to be the number five and then four fighting pod. 
And then same thing on Facebook. If you want to just search the podcast, just search Five for Fighting Podcast. It'll come right up. Just give it a like. Same thing. Post videos there. Uh, all the good stuff. And, of course, if you want to check out the Pages YouTube channel, or excuse me, the Pods YouTube channel, I should say. Uh, I just started it recently. Well, actually, I started a while ago, and I realized I tagged it all wrong. All this new, all this YouTube shit is new to me, so I realized I was tagging videos wrong, and now, now some of the views are finally kicking in. Um, but basically, so what I've been doing with there, or excuse me, with that, is I've been taking clips from some of the episodes of the podcast, or like audio bites and kind of dubbing it over the fights that they were used in uh, or that like that that player might be talking about. So like I have John Craighead talking about when he fucking beat the doors off of Bruce Ramsey and uh, gave him an extra shot when he was down and why he gave him an extra shot, which is pretty fucking awesome to hear. Uh, really lays out the blueprint of the enforcer. Uh, I got Tony Twist or excuse me, Rob Ray talking about the fight with Tony Twist, the infamous fight where, you know, where Twist broke his orbital bone and. Uh, Rob Ray talks about it. I got Nylon talking about uh, fighting O'Reilly and Stan Jonathan. So uh, also awesome, awesome content there. Um, again, if you look up Five for Fighting podcast on YouTube, it should pop up. I think um, as far as I'm as far as I'm tracking, that's how YouTube works, right? Uh, if not, you could probably just look up Rob Ray and Tony Twist fight, and it should come up. If you find it, it'll be like Rob Ray talks about the fight with Twist. I think is what I have it labeled under or titled as so you can go check that out and just click the video and then click the channel and give it a subscribe it'll really help out and I, I plan on making like um i was telling darren about this i plan on doing like fight compilations so like enforcers that might not have like everybody you know nothing against prober but everybody's seen like you know the bruce brothers compilation or you know bob probert fight compilation but like i don't know there's not enough out there like let's say you know a brandon sugden compilation or you know something like that you know, maybe Toporowski, if you could follow, fuck, if you could find the footage, maybe that, that's probably why none of these don't happen, but, um, st still, uh, stuff like you can do, uh, with like lesser known guys, so like compilations like that, maybe. Um, but the last thing I will say is I also am going to try, so join the Enforcer Appreciation Group on Facebook. Uh, lots of great stuff there. I actually try to might cut down a little bit on there um, as far as like members go because I notice the the bigger the group gets the harder it is to like control the cattle right more cattle harder it is to control so uh, but what I, one thing I was talking about doing or thinking about doing I should say is I plan on doing maybe uh, live interviews there so I've done like a live show on there before and got some questions from fans and stuff like that uh, if I use the term fans loosely just other members of the group but. I would love to actually do like player interviews and do it live there on Facebook. And so maybe do like a zoom call. I know I can record with zoom. I've done it before and I wish I would have done it with the old Curtis Tidball episode because I was on a fucking zoom call with him. So I definitely could have done it then, but I uh, just didn't think of it. And I know with zoom, you got to pay for it to get to, uh, to be able to do the live video, I think. So uh, just something I'll, I'll, you know, play around with and kind of toy at the idea with and, uh, if I start doing, I'd love to uh, love to, um, you know, post that or post those interviews on YouTube as well. So that's kind of what you know my terrible fucking segue into that. But, um, anyways, guys, uh, thank you for bearing with me here and these long the trials and tribulations of the COVID chronicles over here. Um, you know, thanks for sticking around. And I had a lot of people reach out to me and ask me, you know, hey, I hope you're doing okay. Hey, hope the show comes back soon. Really miss it. Uh, so. The people that do reach out, I, I really do appreciate it. And, um, you know, a few people, 
that I, you know, it's funny. Again, I've talked about it before on here. You know, I've, I've, not, I've never met a lot of these people in real life, of course. I just know them through the little hockey fight community we have. But I consider them all great friends. So, um, no, it's pretty neat to see the people reach out to me. And uh, I've, funny enough, I've had random people, a lot of people in the U.K. recently for some reason, just start finding about the, finding out about the podcast and been getting messages saying how they enjoyed it. And I think they enjoyed, like, the Jason Rushton or Paxton Schulte episode. So that was pretty cool. So, uh, But seriously, though, to those who reached out to me, uh, about COVID and how I'm doing and my family and everything like that, you know, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Um, again, my, I myself was fine. I wasn't, I was more so just worried about my father at the time. So, uh, no, seriously, thank you guys. Um, and thank you for sticking around with the podcast. Uh, it's, it can be frustrating at times, but I definitely have a lot of fun doing this. So it's awesome to see the support and how the podcast has grown a little bit now at this point. So, um, but anyways, rate and review the show. Hopefully you, uh, you know, follow the podcast instagram and facebook and youtube and everything like that to keep up to date but anyways guys i will leave it there we've been going on for like 40 47 minutes now almost 48 but um again thank you and thank you for everyone who reached out to me if you're listening to this in the morning hope you have a good rest of your day and if you're listening to this at night hope you have a great you gotta fight for your